friends, and welcome to Inside Johnny's Mind, the show where two dirty combo players strive to be a terrible influence on the casual commander community. I'm your host, Akia. And I'm Cam. And just a warning, we do swear on this show. So if you're listening with children who somehow haven't heard the F word, well, that's great. They should be exposed to the real world. What's our topic today, Akia? Today I thought we could discuss color pie, some of the strengths and weaknesses in each color, and what being a Johnny means in each color. But first, I'd like to introduce our new segment, Card of the Month, (laughs) which is clearly more prestigious than Card of the Week. Obviously. Like, there's so many more cards that can be talked about in Card of the Week. Exactly. it's a card every week. Exactly. Here at Inside Johnny's Mind, Cam and I are going to introduce our picks for Card of the Month, and we will be posting a poll on Twitter to have our listeners vote which card they think deserves the prestigious title of Card of the Month. Much higher standards here. Much, much higher standards here than (laughs) other podcasts that will remain nameless. Yes. Absolutely. So, my Card of the Month this month is... A beautiful card called Turnabout. Turnabout is two blue-blue for an instant. Choose artifact, creature, or land. Tap all untapped permanents of the chosen type target player controls. Or untap all tapped permanents of the type that player controls. This is a 12-modal card. Yep. This is one of the most flexible cards in the game. So you can use it as a fog. Yep. You tap all creatures before combat. You can use it as a time stop. Yep. You tap all their lands during upkeep. Yep. Or, and this is my personal favorite, you can use it as a combo enabler uh, by untapping all your lands. So, for example, in Mizzix, yeah, you can innocent Mizzix, innocent innocent Mizzix. You can reduce the cost by two, um, and combine it with something like reiterate with buyback. Oh, and wow, repeatedly untap all your lands. <laughs> it's it's a a really good card. Honestly, yes, it's a very very good card. Um, and that is my choice for card of the month. What's yours, Cam? Mine is actually a new card, uh, new as of recording this. It's an uncommon uh, from Ravnica Allegiance called Rhythm of the Wild. Uh, it's one red-green for an enchantment. Creature spells you control can't be countered, so already great. Uh, and it also says non-token creatures you control have Riot. So Riot is a new mechanic that says whenever the creature enters the battlefield, you can choose for it to either have haste or it can get a plus one, plus one counter. That's pretty good. It is pretty good. So not only is this a haste enabler, mm-hmm. which is very powerful. Yes, yes it is. <laughs> uh, it's, I run it in my Animar deck, for example, specifically <laughs> yeah. for it being a haste enabler. Um, but also there are combo potentials with it. So if you, for example, run Jund, mm-hmm. uh, you can use cards like Murderous Redcap or <laughs> other Persist cards. <laughs> yep. And you can just infinitely combo out to kill everybody because the plus one, plus one counter replaces the minus one, minus one counter from Persist. Yeah. So it's it's a really, really, really good card. Not 
to belittle the fact that it also says creature spells you control can't be countered. Yeah, which honestly is <laughs> really powerful. Yeah. Um, Speaking it's... as a as as a dedicated control player, that that's annoying. Yeah. Um, it not really... impossible to overcome. No. No. But annoying. It adds another hoop, basically. Yep. And for a lot of control decks, that can be backbreaking. Yeah, yeah, it can. Um, so yeah, that's my card. I think it's I think it's really really powerful, and I can't wait to see what a lot of people do with it. I yeah, I I think it's a really really good card. Not as good as Turnabout though. Well, that's <laughs> up to debate. <laughs> well, listeners, if <laughs> you like one of these cards better than the other, Turnabout, um, uh-huh. you should uh, post in our Twitter poll and tell us what you think. Uh, yeah, like, uh, Rhythm of the Wild is the better card. So, what is the, what's the color pie, Ikea? For those of the listeners that don't know. Oh, okay. So, we're moving into the topic now. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're just gonna ignore that last comment from you. Uh, yep. Oh. I don't know what you're talking about, but, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, the color pie, um, is, if you look at the back of a magic card. Yep. It is the pentagon that the uh, different color, the five colors of magic are arranged in. You have white, blue, black, red, and green. And we're going to give you a brief overview of each color's philosophies. Um, and then we're going to move into uh, what each of them is good or bad at. Yeah. Uh, and then we're also going to try and come up with a couple different combos, talk about some of the more well-known combos, and we've also created some of our own. Yes, I'm excited about the ones we created of our own. Yeah, I like the ones that we the ones that we made. They're they're pretty cool. All right, so first is white in Wuburg order. Um, the uh, it is the color of cooperation of you know, the greater good yeah. of law and order of, you know, the Superman's thing, the truth, justice, and the yeah, American yeah, way. Yeah. Uh, the, white, white is the Superman color. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Amazingly. Yeah. Because it doesn't live up to... Uh... Sure it does. You have Avacyn. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you have Avacyn uh-huh. and... There's only one Superman. Okay. <laughs> All right then. So, so what is what is white good at? White is really good at uh, removal. Uh, it can remove any permanent in the game. Yep. Uh, it's really good at enchantments. Uh, a lot of its few ways of drawing cards uh, are enchantress effects. Yeah. Also, a lot of the ways that it can ramp or pseudo ramp is done through enchantments yep um it's really good at small creatures uh white weenie is a very famous uh, magic archetype in yep. uh competitive formats um like it's known as death taxes and white weenie mm-hmm. um because there are three things that are inevitable yep death taxes and white weenie yep, yep. <laughs> speaking of taxes uh it's really good at taxes and stacks it's yeah. the main tax and stacks color uh, a lot of white cards are just disgusting when, even on their own, but especially when paired together, uh, you can create just debilitating taxation effects yep. uh, for your opponents. Um, 
white is also the life gain color. Yep. Um, which life gain isn't uh, like played a lot in mm-hmm. Commander um, because a lot of people say that it, you're not really affecting the game yeah. by gaining life. You're just kind of stalling. Yeah. Um, but, but that's what white's good at is stalling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it is very, very, very good at that. Yes. Um, so what is what are a couple things white's bad at? White is bad at traditional card advantage. Mm. And let's talk a little bit about what I mean by traditional here. When most people think of card advantage, what they think of is drawing more than one card for, for spending one card. Yeah. Uh, they think of card advantage as drawing cards. But that's not actually what card advantage is. Card advantage just means that you have more cards than your opponent at any given time. Right. So, uh, something like a board wipe, where you spend one card to remove multiple of your opponent's cards, is a way of getting card advantage. Yeah, it is a form of card advantage. Um, you're getting multiple of your opponent's cards out of the way, but you're only spending one card to do it. Um, so let's see. They are also bad at ramp. Um, they are like, it's really bad at ramp. Mainly if you're going to be doing uh, ramp in white, you're using artifacts and stuff. They've printed some cards recently, um, that kind of overcome this. And there have been some cards over the course of magic's histories, uh, that overcome this. But in general, it's quite bad at ramping. Yeah. White also isn't very good at closing the game. No. It's very Um, good at stalling, like we said before. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But actually closing the game, actually winning, uh, is really difficult for white, especially in Commander. Yeah. Because white weenie does not work great when your opponents have a combined 120 life. Yeah. It's kind of the same reason aggro isn't great in Commander. Um, Which is why you see in a lot of white decks they have alternate win cons. Yep. So things like Felder or Sovereign mm-hmm. um, or Approach of the Second Sun, yeah. just as examples. Um, so how do we overcome some of these weaknesses? Well, first we'll talk about ramp. Um, you have the new card, Smothering Tithe. Yep. Uh, that's three and a white for an enchantment that whenever an opponent draws a card... They can pay two, yep. or else you put a treasure token into play. Yep, it's really, really good. Yeah, it's uh, quite good. A lot of people have been talking about it. Um, and whenever you, especially if you combine that with some of those taxation effects. Yes, yes. Uh, where your opponents are starting to really care about every um, mana source that they have. Asking them to pay two for every card that they draw, yeah. they're probably not going to do that. No, they're not. So they're going to ramp you. Well, especially when you have something, you know, like stasis. Yeah, stasis is a good combo. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's... But we're trying to stick to monocolors yeah. uh, this episode. So, um, obviously rocks. Yep. Rocks will ramp you in any color. Um, then you have a couple of cards that will actually fetch planes out of your library uh you have knight of the white orchid which will get you a planes warrior's charger which can get you multiple planes yep um core cartographer which will get you a planes you also have cards like myriad landscape yep uh or wayfarer's bauble uh both of those can put uh extra lands into play yep 
Solemn Simulacrum and Burnished Heart also put extra lands into play. And lastly, you can use stacks to anti-ramp? Yeah. Um, so instead of ramping yourself, you bring everyone down to your level. Yeah, you de-ramp your opponents. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, which is kind of a, a weird concept, but it works. <laughs> As for card advantage, like we said, they're very good at non-traditional card advantage, board wipes and the like. Especially if you combine the board wipe with indestructibility. Yeah, yeah. Uh, being able to, again, play Avacyn, let's go back to her, <laughs> uh, playing Avacyn into Wrath of God, for example, is a very powerful play. Or, you know, hearkening back to last episode, Avacyn and Armageddon. Yeah, Avacyn and Armageddon. <laughs> That's another one. Um, it's <laughs> You're talking about card advantage and anti-ramp. Another way that uh, that Mono White can get card advantage, well, kind of card advantage. Yeah, pseudo card advantage. Pseudo, pseudo card advantage is through tokens uh, with cards like Elspeth Sun's Champion, where you yeah. spend one card to get three tokens a turn. Yeah. They're not cards, they're, but they are game objects. Right. And you are, so you are going up a number of game objects on your opponent every turn. By only using one card. Yeah, by only using one card. So it's it's pretty good. The stacks route also allows you to do things like stop your opponents from drawing cards. Mm -hmm. um, like Eidolon of Rhetoric, for example, says uh, each player uh, can only draw one card a turn. So that stops them from getting that advantage over you and keeps you at their level. Um, and then you have things like Rest in Peace that keep uh, graveyard reanimation decks from getting card advantage by taking things out of the graveyard. Right. And speaking of getting uh, card advantage by taking things out of the graveyard, uh, white is the secondary reanimation color. Yeah, it's actually pretty good at reanimation and um, using cards in your own <clears throat> graveyard. It's particularly good at getting more than one creature card out of the graveyard and into your hand. Yeah. Um, and any time that you are spending one card to get two or more, you are going up cards and yeah. you are gaining card advantage. So some more traditional style card advantage are cards like land tax. Mm -hmm. uh, land tax is one white for an enchantment. Um, at the beginning of your upkeep, if an opponent controls more lands than you, you search for three lands and put them in your hand. Uh, that's just card advantage. Yeah, it's just card advantage. Some people think of this as ramp but it's not no you're not actually putting those lands into play this is card advantage and draw smoothing yeah um because you'll be drawing three extra cards and removing planes from your library which right. will smooth your draw for turn right uh it's significantly closer to drawing cards than it is to ramping yourself yep even if the cards you're drawing are specifically lands so there are a couple other cards that allow you to uh, draw more. Uh, these are cards like Dawn of Hope, uh, yep. Well of Lost Dreams. And these are some of the ways to take advantage of White's life gain. Yeah. Um, which is really, really important. Uh, both of them allow you to pay mana whenever you gain life and draw cards. Right. And then you also have a card like Endless Horizons, where it's kind of... Kind of a trap card? Yeah, it's very much a trap card. Yeah, so Endless Horizons is an enchantment that whenever it comes into play, you can search your library for any number of lands, okay? Mm -hmm. And then you take those lands and you exile them, mm -hmm. and you sit them over here, and then on your upkeep, 
you can take one of those lands and put it into your hand. Yep. So that sounds great to me. It sounds like you're not only thinning your deck and smoothing your draws, but you're also guaranteeing a land drop. And then I blow up your endless horizons. Yeah, and then I'm sad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because once endless horizons is removed, even if you replay it, you still don't get those lands. Nope, they're just gone. This is a different endless horizons. I really wish it had something like the new Karn, uh, where it put a silver counter on them. And then you could... Or it cast was, uh, them again. Or it was kind of like Gaunti. Yeah. Like whenever you take cards from them, you can still play them even if Gaunti dies, right? Yeah. Like if it did that, that card would be fantastic. It would be really, really Like good. that card would be nearly broken powerful. <laughs> but as it is, it's almost unplayable. Yeah, it's real bad. Don't play. Don't play Endless Horizons. Don't, don't play Endless Horizons. And then you have Endless Atlas, which is another new card. Uh, when you're in Mono White, you'll be playing a lot of planes. Uh, and Endless... Atlas is an artifact for two mana that has an activation of two and tap to draw a card. Activate this only if you control three or more lands with the same name. Yep. So in monocolor, it's really good. Yeah, it's very good um, in monocolor. It's doesn't even have to be on a white, honestly. Yeah. Just in a monocolor deck, it's just a pretty good, uh, pretty okay spell. Um, um, and then the last card we want to talk about today is Mind's Eye. Uh, a lot of people shit on Mind's Eye. But for the casual commander community, yeah. Mind's Eye is quite good. Yeah, especially if you're playing, you know, mono white or uh, like mono red yep. or Boros. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, colors that are really, really, really bad at drawing a lot of cards. Something like Mind's Eye can just keep you in a game that you would lose otherwise. Yes, they can. Now, it's not, again, a competitive card. You're not going to see a competitive deck running it, but you're also not going to see a mono-white competitive EDH deck. So, how do you be a Johnny in mono-white? So, this one was tough for us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Being a Johnny in mono-white is really difficult because white lacks a lot of the pieces that Johnny needs to do the fun, crazy combos or the fun, interesting card interactions. Yeah. White lacks a lot of the things that make interesting combos, interesting card interactions work. Things like card draw. Yeah. (laughs) Things like card selection. Yeah. Things like tutoring. Uh, White is not great at any of these things. It's not good at any of those things. (laughs) Um, We... Struggled with this one. We spent a lot of time on it. Um, so we're going to talk about two combos that are fairly famous or infamous in yeah, white. Probably more infamous probably than famous, more infamous, honestly. Um, and then we're going to talk about one brand new combo <laughs> that Cam and I came up with, what, like 20 minutes ago? Something yeah, like something, that? something like that, yeah, <laughs> honestly. All right, so the first combo is Revelark. Karmic Guide, and Ashnod's Altar. Um, So Ashnod's Altar, uh, for those of you that don't know, is a three-mana artifact that has an activated ability. says you can sacrifice a creature to add two colorless mana to your mana pool. Um, Revelark is four and a white for a elemental, four-three with flying. It says whenever Revelark leaves the battlefield, return up to two target creature cards with power two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield, and then it has Evoke for five and a white. Karmic Guide is three white-white 
For a 2-2 Angel Spirit with flying and protection from black, mm-hmm. it has an echo cost of 3 white-white. And whenever it enters the battlefield, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. So how do you win with this combo? Well, you have to have something with a good ETB. Yep. Um, or something that can utilize infinite colored, colorless mana. So for the ETB side of things, you have Wall of Omens, which is one in a white for a 0-4 wall uh, that has when this creature enters the battlefield, draw a card. So you do the combo and draw your deck. Yep. It's pretty good. Yep. Honestly. Uh, if you can't win with your entire deck in your hand, well, maybe build a better build a better deck. Well, maybe. Don't be in white. Or don't be in white. Or don't also be that. in white. Or don't be in white. Or don't be in mono white. <laughs> um. <laughs> um, another way that you can win with this with uh, infinite mana... And you'll draw it because you have your whole deck in your hand. Yep. Um, is Martial Coup. Martial Coup is X white white for a sorcery. Create X one one white soldier creature tokens. If X is five or more, destroy all other creatures. Yep. So we're going to be making infinite tokens. Air mm-hmm. quote infinite. We're going to be making arbitrarily large amount of tokens. Yep. And because the arbitrarily large number is bigger than five. Yes. We're wiping the board as well. Yes, we are. So we have effectively infinite tokens and they don't have any blockers. Yeah. That's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Another thing that you should know is you don't actually have to have Ashnod's Altar to get this combo going. Um, You can use uh, Mirror Entity instead of Ashnod's Altar uh, to get infinite ETBs, and mm-hmm. then you can win the game with a card like Altar of the Brood. Yep. Because um, that's a fair card. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's a super fair card, and it's really fun <laughs> to play against. Um, <laughs> uh, you also have the other kind of infamous combo, which is known as Bomberman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bomberman is a combo that uses a card called Oriac Salvagers. It's three and a white for a 2-4 human soldier. has an activated ability of one and a white, Return target artifact card with converted mana cost one or less from your graveyard to your hand. Then you combo it with a disgustingly expensive card. <laughs> very, very uh, expensive. Called Lion's Eye Diamond, which is zero mana for an artifact. It has an activated ability, sacrifice it and discard your hand to add three mana of any color to your mana pool. Activate this ability only anytime you could cast an so instant. So it's the fair Black Lotus. Sure. <laughs> It's not at all broken. <laughs> so the combo with this, obviously, is to have Ordax Salvagers on the board, play Lion's Eye Diamond, crack it for three white, uh, and then pay two of that white to get it back in your hand, play it again, and you have infinite mana. Yep. Um, now, the interesting thing about actually winning with this combo is your out needs to be on board. So because you discard your hand with Lion's Eye Diamond every time. Right. So something along the lines of a walking ballista, where with that infinite mana, you can pump it into a walking ballista, make it arbitrarily large, and shoot people for arbitrarily large amounts of damage. Yep. It's pretty good. You also can win, once you generate infinite mana, if you have uh, creatures on board and a mirror entity again. Yep. uh, Because you can just make all of your creatures arbitrarily large and then kill people. It's pretty good. So we also have... (laughs) Our combo. Which, you know, if you don't want to be a square and 
use the Revel Art combo. Yeah. And you aren't absurdly rich yep. to use Bomberman. Only square rich people play Bomberman. <laughs> um, you can use our combo. So our combo is White Main Lion, which is one in a white for a creature cat with flash. It's a 2-2. Two, two. When White Main Lion enters the battlefield, return a creature you control to its owner's hand. Oketra's Monument, which is three generic for a legendary artifact. White creature spells cost one less to cast. Whenever you cast a creature spell, create a 1-1 white warrior creature token with vigilance. Paradise Mantle, which is a zero mana equipment. Equipped creature has tap, add one mana of any color to your mana pool, and it equips for one. And Sunstrike Legionnaire. Sunstrike Legionnaire is one and a white for a 1-2 creature soldier. Sunstrike Legionnaire doesn't untap during your untap step. Whenever another creature comes into play, untap Sunstrike Legionnaire. And tap it to tap target creature with converted mana cost three or less. So here's how the combo works. You use Oketra's Monument to make white main lion cost one white. Yep. Then you have Paradise Mantle equipped to Sunstrike Legionnaire so that it taps for one man of any color. Yep. You tap it for a white. You cast White Main Lion. White Main Lion comes into play and creates a 1-1 white creature token, uh, which generates an untap for Sunstrike Legionnaire. Yep. And on cast, so then you tap it for white mana, and then you untap Sunstrike Legionnaire, because White Main Lion comes into play. Yep. Then White Main Lion uh, bounces, bounces itself. itself. Then you can cast it again. And ultimately, what this combo does is it gives you infinite 1-1 one, one White Warriors. Yep. And infinite mana. Yeah. Infinite colored mana. Yep. Infinite colored mana. Mana of any color, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's it's pretty good. Uh, for a mono-white combo... Not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. I'm, I'm actually <laughs> quite proud of this combo. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. Uh, and then obviously, once you have infinite 1-1s one or infinite mana, you can win with any of the ways we just said, or just swinging out with infinite 1-1s. One yep. There's another combo that you can do if you're playing a stacks-type uh, deck mm -hmm. using a card called Isochron Scepter, uh, which is the most balanced card to ever have been printed in Magic. It's so balanced. Um, it's, like, it's like a vision of... <laughs> A set of judges' scales that are perfectly balanced. I would say this card is as balanced as the card balance. Yep. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly with that statement. So, Isochron Scepter is a two-mana artifact. It has imprint, so whenever it enters the battlefield, uh, you may exile an instant card with converted mana cost two or less from your hand underneath it. Mm -hmm. And then you can pay two generic mana and tap it. To copy the exiled card, if you do, you can cast the copy without paying its mana cost. Um, then you use a card called Orem's Chant. It is a white mana, and it has kicker for a white. Uh, it is an instant, and it says target player can't play spells this turn. And if you paid the kicker cost, creatures can't attack this turn. Yep. So you use Isochron Scepter, Orem's Chant, and then Paradox Engine, the other... Uh, most fair card ever printed. So fair. So fair. So fair. So fair. It's Paradox Engine good. It's a <laughs> five-mana legendary artifact that says whenever you cast a spell, untap all non-land permanents you control. Such as, you know, Isochron Scepter. Yeah, and the Soul Ring that you used to tap Isochron Scepter. Yep. 
Uh, so if you can't see where that went, that means that <laughs> none of your opponents can do anything at all during their turn. For the rest of the game. For the rest of the game. But you can. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's fair. Well, you um, also need a rock that produces white because you want to pay that kicker cost. Yeah, it's true. So you can run like Marble Diamond. Yep. Uh, that's a good one. Also, if you have uh, a bunch of rocks out, this is another way. This is a very uh, kind of known combo to produce infinite mana. Yep. Um, not necessarily even using Orm's Chant. Just anything fucking exiled under Isocon yep. Scepter with Paradox Engine out and rocks and you have infinite mana. Also in white, you have the kind of like beatdown approach. Yeah. Uh, this is using a card we've talked about multiple times now, mm -hmm. uh, which is Avacyn. Uh Avacyn is five white, white, white for an eight, eight flying angel that says permanence you control have indestructible. Yep. It's Superman. Yeah. Um, so again, permanence you control. So she counts herself. Yeah. It's literally all permanence that you control. <laughs> yep. And they have fucking indestructible. Yep. Um, it's as fair as Superman is. Yeah. It, yeah. Except that it, well, I, I guess exile would be the kryptonite. Yeah, I guess because yeah. you can like you could swords her. Or yeah, something. that's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, Avison's gross. Play Avison. <laughs> um, she's kind of expensive though. Yeah, she's a little expensive. She's like twenty bucks or something. Yeah, in both uh, monetary and mana cost. Oh, also that yeah, she costs eight. Um, and finally, uh, the way that you make white good is not to play mono white. Yeah, play multiple colors if you're playing white. Play yeah. Esper. Um, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, I'm excited about this one. Yeah. Now we get to the best color in Magic, nope. blue. Nope. Um, it's uh, not the best color. It definitely is. Nah. Alright, what is blue good at, Cam? The best color in Magic is good at? It's good at being worse than black. <laughs> It is good at being better than blue. <laughs> Anywho, blue is uh, the best color for a card draw. Oh, yeah. It is really, really good at interaction. Um, so it it is the color of counterspells, yep. which are the best kind of removal in the game. Very true. You, you also have bounce. So blue can uh, bounce any type of permanent. True. Uh, to its owner's hand. You can even bounce lands. Yeah, you can even bounce lands. It's really good. Like Sunder. Yep. Um, and then it's also really good at tapping down people's permanence. Like yeah. this month's card of the month. <laughs> <laughs> no, this month's your card of the month. This month's card of the month. The card of the month will be determined by the listeners. And Turnabout. It, and it will be Rhythm of the Wild. Uh. <laughs> But yeah, blue is very good at interaction, all kinds of interaction. Blue also has an ass load of combos. So many combos. Like <laughs> We sat there and came up with at least 10 yeah. right on the spot. Yeah. We actually, in order to, you know, have a reasonable number, uh, we had to cut way, way down. We had to cut a lot of really good combos yeah. out of this. Uh, blue is also really good at taking extra turns. Yep. Most of the extra turn spells are blue. Blue has really good tutors as yep. well. And blue loves interacting with artifacts. Yes, it's very good at interacting with, tutoring, getting them back from graveyard. Yeah. Um, just using them to great just, effect. Yeah. Blue, however, is kind of bad at permanent removal. So we're not talking about removal of permanence. <laughs> we kind of are. Well, kind of. We Permanent like, removal of permanence. Yeah. Blue is very bad at it. There you go. Like, blue doesn't have a ton of exile effects and yeah. destroy effects and that kind of stuff. 
blue is also not great at closing a game. Yeah. Very similar to white. It's very good at stalling mm-hmm. and taking those extra turns and things. But it's not, there's not a whole lot of ways that you can just kill everybody. Yeah, a lot of the combos that we're going to talk about here are um, stall combos and make your opponent scoop combos. Yeah, they're scoop cons, not win cons. But that is still a win con. Yeah, it is still a win con. Um, so there are ways, though, to get around some of these weaknesses. Yeah. First on our list is a card that I think is honestly, like, criminally underplayed. Very underplayed. Um, This is a card called Reality Shift. Yes, it's one in a blue for an instant. Yep. Exile target creature. Yep. And then they manifest the top card of their library. Yep. Uh, Manifest allows them to turn it up, if it's a creature card, at any time by paying its mana cost. Yeah, it's kind of like Morph. Yeah, kind of. The problem is, if you do the math... One third of the time you're going to hit a land. About, yeah. Yeah. At 30 to 40% of the time you're going to hit a land. Okay. Then if, even if you're in a creature heavy deck, you're probably only running about 30-ish creatures. Yeah. So this will blank two thirds of every deck. Yep. Unless you're playing some dumb Nikea combo (laughs) where you're running only creatures Oh, that's it, the that's the secret tech. <laughs> the secret tech to get to get around reality shift is play only creatures. Yep. Um, um then you also have one of my personal favorite cards yeah. of all time, which is Curse of the Swine, which is X blue blue for a sorcery, exile X target creatures, and replace them with two two boars. Yep. Um again it's exile, which mm-hmm. is super, super, super good. Uh significantly better than destroy effects. Um, and often in Commander, you don't really care about somebody having a 2-2. Nope. Or, or several 2-2s. Yep. Um, um, speaking of destroy effects, uh, Blue also has Pongify and Rapid Hybridization. Yeah. Both of which destroy target creature for one mana and replace it with a 3-3. Yep. Uh, which are still really, really, really good. And yeah. you should be playing them. But, uh, they're not quite as powerful as something like Reality Shift or Curse of the Swine. The last way that you can permanently remove a permanent is by <laughs> bouncing it and then countering it on the way back down. Yep. This is a problematic way of doing it because it two-for-ones yourself, essentially. Yeah, and that's really, really bad in Commander where you have multiple opponents. Yep. Um, so you don't really want to do that, but if it's, like, necessary, then it can still be pretty powerful. Um, and... That kind of ties in with our last way of dealing with permanents, which is knowing when to counter. Yeah. If that permanent never hits the field in the first place, then you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. So being a good blue player means that you have to very carefully and very considerately choose where to use your counter spells. If you're always countering the person to your immediate left, you're doing it wrong. It also is one of the things that makes blue one of the harder colors to play is being able to do that threat assessment and saying, okay, yeah, you can have that, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to let you get the other part of it. Yep. Right. Knowing what to counter and when to counter things is difficult and is very, very important. I know why you like black. It's like playing with training wheels. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. It's super Making- good though. Blue, the best color. Nope. Moving on. (laughs) How to be a Johnny in blue. Well, it's really easy because blue is kind of the Johnny color. Yeah. One of them. 
you get access to tutors, you get access to card draw and card selection, you get basically all of the building blocks that you need to do really cool card interactions and really, really cool combos. Yep. So the first combo that we have is Cloud of Fairies, which is one in a blue for a 1-1 fairy with flying. Whenever it enters the battlefield, untap up to two lands. High Tide, which is a blue mana for an instant, until end of turn, whenever a player taps an island for mana, that player adds blue to his mana pool. So it basically doubles the mana from your yep. islands. And then you use a card like Deadeye Navigator, uh, which is another super fair card. So fair. Four blue blue for a 5-5 five, five spirit with soul bond, which means whenever it or another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you can bond them. And then as long as Deadeye Navigator is bonded or paired with another creature, each of those creatures has one in a blue, exile this creature, then return it to the battlefield under your control. Yep. So essentially this combo uses Cloud of Fairies, untap lands, and high tide, uh, untap... Uh, high tide which doubles your mana right um to every time it enters the battlefield make four mana yep um and dead eye navigator costs one in a blue so it's two mana so you pay two mana and get four mana yeah you're netting two mana uh every single iteration of this now this can be done with a bunch of different cards like palancron great whale uh What's the Drake? Uh, Peregrine Drake. Peregrine Drake. It's from Battlebond. It's super good and very cheap. It's older than Battlebond. Well, yeah, but it was most recently printed in Battlebond. True. But we like Cloud of Fairies. Yeah. Because nobody uses it. Yep. And you can get it out a lot earlier than the other ones. In Magical Christmas Land, you can do this like turn two. Yeah. I don't remember the exact hand, but it was an eight card god hand. That yep. uh, lets you get this out turn two. So that's a thing. Yeah, it's really gross. <laughs> <laughs> but you can do it. There are tons of ways to generate infinite mana in mono blue. The other yep. one that a lot of people use is Pillipala and Grand Architect. Uh, Pillipala is a two mana artifact creature. It's a one one. You can pay two generic mana and untap it to add a mana of any color. Grand Architect is a blue creature that you can pay a blue to turn an artifact blue. And then you can just tap a blue artifact to add two colorless. Well, a blue creature of any type. A blue creature of any type to add two colorless uh, mana to your mana pool. And significantly, it says tap and untapped, which means that you can do that even if it doesn't have haste. That's true, uh, because that's an activated ability of Grand Architect. It isn't uh, Pillipala tapping itself. Yes. What that does mean, though, untapping Pillipala does require it to be able to... That's true. um, it can't be under summoning sickness. So if you can give Pillipala haste, uh, or if it can stick around for a turn, then you can generate infinite mana that way. Yes. Um, so what do you do with infinite mana? Well, um, the first thing you can do is blue sun someone to death. Yep. Just make them draw infinite cards. Yep. And then they lose. Yep. Don't blue suns the dude with a lab man on board. Well, no. Because then, then he would win. But first you capsize with buyback. The lab man. <laughs> <laughs> See, now we're combining things. Uh, the other thing you can do with infinite mana is, is capsize, with, capsize buyback. with buyback. Um, that allow, especially with this particular combo, that allows you to uh, capsize buyback infinitely, bouncing all permanents all the time, forever, 
and nobody gets to play the game of magic because that's what we do here at Inside Johnny's Mind. <laughs> Is we make our friends sad. Um, <laughs> we want to be a terrible influence on you. <laughs> so another combo that we got in mono blue is using another kind of infamous combo yep which is isochron scepter which we already talked about and then a card called dramatic reversal Mm -hmm. Uh, this is known a lot of places online as dramatic scepter Mm -hmm. Um, dramatic reversal is one in a blue for an instant and it says untap all non-land permanents you control yep pretty good pretty Um, pretty good it if you have an Isochron Scepter with Dramatic Reversal under it and a Soul Ring, you have infinite untaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have extra rocks, you have infinite untaps and also infinite mana. So we decided, in the spirit of our podcast, to do an infinite damage combo. Yeah! In, in mono, mono blue. blue! So there's an old card that a lot of people refer to as Tim. Uh, his actual name is Prodigal Sorcerer. He is two and a blue for a 1-1 human wizard. And you can tap him. And he deals one damage to target creature or player. Exactly. So with Dramatic Scepter and those infinite untaps, you can tap him for a damage, then Dramatic Scepter and untap him. Tap him for a damage, Dramatic Scepter, (laughs) untap. Tap him for a damage, Dramatic Scepter, untap. And kill everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty good. You can do infinite damage in mono blue. Yep. It's pretty great. Um... There are other creatures that we have here as well uh, that want to be tapped and untapped a lot. Yep. Um, with Izami, Lady of Scrolls, you can draw your whole deck. And with Galecaster, Colossus, much like Capsize, you can bounce all permanents always, forever. Yep. Amen. Um, it's a pretty good pretty good little combo. Yep. Um, the next one also uses Isochron Scepter. Again, fairest card ever printed. Uh, this this really... This is... <laughs> this feels a lot dirtier. Th- this is so dirty. Honestly. Like, it's not even, like, way more powerful than the other no, one. No, it's not. It just feels it's a lot... super, a lot super dirtier. dirtier. Okay, so you use Isochron Scepter, and you imprint Mystical Tutor underneath it. Mystical Tutor is a blue mana for an instant. Search your library for an instant or sorcery card, reveal it, and put it on top of your deck. Um... And then you use ne- <laughs> Nexus of Fate. Which has gotten a lot of press recently. Yeah. Um, banned in Best of One. It's People have been calling for it to be banned in everything since it was printed. It's but, a good card. Don't ban it. Yeah, it's a good card. Uh, <laughs> Nexus of Fate mm-hmm. is five blue blue for an instant. Mm-hmm. Take an extra turn after this one. If Nexus of Fate would be put into a graveyard from anywhere... Reveal Nexus of Fate and shuffle it into its owner's library instead. Interestingly, I actually use this as anti-mill tech in physics. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> so the mill player mills me till it's just Nexus. Yep. And then I just take infinite turns after yeah. that. You just Nexus forever. Yep. Um, pretty good. Uh, with Mystical Tutor, obviously, you can just take infinite turns because you cast Nexus, it shuffles in. Mm-hmm mystical tutor under the scepter to get it back and then when you draw it on your next turn you just cast it again and take infinite turns dormammu i've come to bargain <laughs> wow it is very much very much so like that yeah yeah um we have another one here uh, this is more of an infamous combo yeah this this is really really infamous um it's the pickles lock uh you have brine elemental brine elemental is four blue blue for a five four elemental 
It has Morph for 5 blue-blue. And whenever it is turned face up, each opponent skips his or her next untap step. So fair. Yeah. <laughs> and then you use another card called Vesuvian Shapeshifter, which is 3 blue-blue. It also has Morph. It has Morph for 1 and a blue. Yep. Uh, as Vesuvian Shapeshifter enters the battlefield or is turned face up, you may choose another creature on the battlefield. If you do, until Vesuvian Shapeshifter is turned face down, it becomes a copy of that creature and gains, quote, at the beginning of your upkeep, you may turn this creature face down. So essentially, uh, you have Brian, you cast Brian Elemental um, then as a morph, and then you turn it face up so your opponents don't untap. Yep. Then it comes around to your next turn, and you cast Vesuvian Shapeshifter face down, um, and unmorph it as a brine elemental, so it gets the brine elementals unmorph ability, and your opponents don't untap. Yep. And then you turn it face down on your upkeep, and do it again. Yep. And again. And again. It's like stasis, but not for you. Yep. Stasis just for your opponents. So fair. Yeah. Really good. It's very, very good. You should play it. Um... And then finally in our mono blue combos. Um, this is a personal favorite of mine. Yeah. I run it in pretty much any deck that runs blue. Um, and it's not so well known either. Uh, so you have Archaeomancer, uh, which is two blue blue for a human wizard. One, two. When Archaeomancer enters the battlefield, return target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand. And then you have Familiar's Ruse, uh, which is blue blue for an instant as an additional cost to cast Familiar's Ruse, return a creature you control to its owner's hand. Counter-target spell. So you cast Familiar's Ruse with Archaeomancer on the battlefield. You return Archaeomancer to hand, and you counter a spell. And then you cast Archaeomancer and return Familiar's Ruse to your hand. Yep. And then you cast Familiar's Ruse. So six mana... And you get to counter spell with buyback. Pretty much, yeah. It's just a counter spell every turn. Yep. Um, or, you know, if you have something that gives Archaeomancer Flash, yeah. Then you get a counter spell as often as you can pay six mana. Forever. <laughs> um, so play Teferi. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good in Teferi decks. Yeah. It's just, I'm going to counter everything. Uh, and you can't counter back because you can't play spells at instant speed. Yep. Uh, and as we have discussed previously, it's really easy to make infinite mana <laughs> yes. in mono blue. Yes, so it is. you can just always do this forever. Yep. Always and forever. Yep. So that was the best color blue. Nope. And now we're going to move Second on best. to the training wheels color black. <laughs> <laughs> training wheels color. Huh? The training wheels color. All right. Well. We'll start off with what black is good at. Okay. Um, everything. Mm, be more specific there, Cam. <laughs> uh, black is really good at closing the game. That's true. Uh, black has the best tutors in the game. That is very, very true. Black has the best ability to utilize their graveyard and reanimate things. Yeah. White is almost as good, but not quite. Not quite. Um, I mean, black literally has the card reanimate. True. So that's pretty good. Uh, black is also good at pretty much everything else if you're willing to pay the price. And that is the price both in things you don't want to do in-game and money. 
yeah, black cards that are that can do some of the things that black isn't supposed to be good at are generally going to be expensive monetarily, and they're also going to require you to do things like pay life, sacrifice permanence, etc., etc., etc. Yep. Um, again, black, black is the color of gaining power at any cost. Yeah, and I was about to say that. doing the personal... The thing that is best for you personally at any cost. Yeah. Um, oh, and we didn't go over what blue, uh, blue's color philosophy is improvement of the self and mm. improvement of the mind and acquisition of knowledge. Yeah. Which is why it's the best color. Uh, nope. Black is, again, <laughs> also incredibly good at closing the game. We already said that. I wanted to say it again. Yeah, it, it is really good. Black is disgustingly good at closing the game. So, there are some things that Black is bad at. A couple. Uh, it is really bad at removing artifacts and enchantments. Yeah. And there are several artifacts and enchantments that just completely screw Black over. I mean... Like, you know, rest in peace. <laughs> well... Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Well... Uh-huh. Yeah. And it can also kill itself... Really easily. That is true. Yes. Uh, you don't want to have Necropotence out and get Emrakul. Yep. Because uh, you'll just die. So, how to overcome the weaknesses. Uh, pair with another color. Moving yeah. on to red. Wait, hang on, hang on. No, no, no. We we did combos for every other color. We're doing them for black, too. No, no, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. We, we do not no. need to spend any more time on the yeah, training we wheels do. color. Yeah, we do. Fine, you get three. <laughs> Three, Cam. Three combos. Okay. Um. Well, if I can only do three, we'll do... The first one is Bantu's Monument. Mm -hmm. Bantu's Monument, uh, like all monuments, is a three-mana legendary artifact. It says black creature spells you cast cost one less to cast. And whenever you cast a creature spell, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. That's a good card. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> you also use Phyrexian Arena. That's another good card. That's a very good card. Uh, it's three mana for an artifact, and it says sacrifice a creature. Add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Yep. Um, then you use a card called Oathsworn Vampire. Uh, Oathsworn Vampire is one and a black for a 2-2 two -two Vampire Knight. It enters the battlefield tapped, boohoo, and you may cast Oathsworn Vampire from your graveyard if you gained life this turn. <laughs> So, if you can't see the combo yet, it's you have Monument out and Phyrexian Arena out. You cast Oathsworn Vampire, drain everybody. Uh, sack you gain it. life. Yeah, you gain life. <laughs> sack it to Phyrexian Altar, floating a black mana. And then just play it from your graveyard, again, for that black mana. Drain everybody again. Mm -hmm. And then you just keep doing that. Forever. Forever. And you win the game. Like I said, training wheels. Uh, there's another one very similar to this <laughs> using Grey Merchant of Asphodel. Yes. Another really good card. Uh, Grey Merchant of Asphodel is three black black for a two four zombie. Uh, whenever it enters the battlefield, each opponent loses X life where X is your devotion to black. You gain life equal to the life lost this way. Yep. So if your devotion to black, for example, is four, each opponent loses four life. And in a standard commander game, you have three opponents. So you'll gain 12 life. Yep. Uh, Grey Merchant is very, 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 very good. Um, it also uses a card called Nim Death Mantle. Uh, another super fair card. <laughs> two mana artifact equipment. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus two, has Intimidate, and is a black zombie. That doesn't matter. <laughs> Whenever a non-token creature is put into your graveyard from the battlefield, you may pay four generic mana. 
If you do, return that card to the battlefield and attach Nim Deathmantle to it. And then it has equip four. Also doesn't matter. So, again, Grey Merchant, Nim Deathmantle. Then you use Ashnod's Altar, mm-hmm. which we talked about earlier. Uh, three mana artifact, sack a creature, add two colorless. You use Pitiless Plunderer, which is three and a black for a one four human pirate. Whenever another creature you control dies, create a colorless treasure artifact token that you can sack for a mana of any color. And then uh, Pawn of Ulamog, which is one black black for a 2-2 Vampire Shaman. And whenever Pawn of Ulamog or another creature uh, you control dies, you make a 0-1 colorless Eldrazi spawn that you can sack for a colorless mana. Yep. This seems like a needlessly complicated combo. Wow. (laughs) It's almost like I had to make a jank combo so that you wouldn't, you know, give me shit all the time. Because you would, oh, I can't, I can't say fucking sanguine bonded exquisite blood. That's not fair. Um, So, (laughs) yeah, there's your, there's your jank combo. It's a five card combo. You win the game. Drain everybody. There you go. Um, You also have, uh, (laughs) you also have Ashnod's Altar. Yes. Oathsworn Vampire again and Pitiless Plunderer again. Um, Mm -hmm. That is going to generate infinite mana for you. Yep. Um, And then you can pump that infinite mana into giant like Torment of Hailfires, for example, uh, or Exsanguinates to just kill all your opponents. Or, of course, you could always use Death Cloud. Uh, well, but with Death Cloud, you also die. Yes, moving on to red. Okay, okay. <laughs> all right. Red is really good at land destruction. Yeah. So good at land destruction. Very true. Uh, which, as we discussed last week, is great at counter uh ramping your opponents um then it's the burn color yep uh it is the color of direct damage it is lightning bolt yep uh it's really good at removing artifacts uh really good at uh damage based board wipes and artifact board wipes yep um got vandal blast yep vandal blast oh such a good card um then you have uh then it's also really good at just playing with artifacts yeah kind of like blue it's the other aggro color, yep. uh, along with white, uh, which is why everyone shits on Boros. Yep. Um, it's really good at storming off, uh, casting a lot of spells uh, in the same turn, and doing something like Grape Shot to do infinite damage. Yep. Um, and then most people think that red isn't good at ramp, but it actually is, uh, because they moved... Rituals from black to red. Uh, Rituals are now primary in red. Yeah, there's a lot of red rituals. And if you fill your deck with enough rituals, it doesn't matter that you don't have permanent ramp on board because you can get disgusting things out way earlier than other colors can. Absolutely. Um, Um, It's also good at fast mana because you have things like Simeon Spirit Guide, which you know, exile from your hand to make a red mana. And you have one of my personal favorite cards, uh, Treasonous Ogre. True. Which is just channel for more life. Channel's banned. Channel is banned. Yep. (laughs) The more life does not actually make Treasonous Ogre worse. Nope. It's still gross. Yeah. Red is also really good at closing the game. Yes. Because you have burn, because you are really good at getting a lot of creatures out on the battlefield really quickly, yeah. um, because it's also 
the color that's primary in haste. Yeah. All of this to say that Red's, you know, core philosophy is passion and just emotion and going whole hog into something without necessarily, you know, thinking about what will happen next. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thinking about anything other than killing your opponent. Exactly. Um, however, red is bad at traditional card draw. That's true. Uh, kind of similar to white. Um, red is bad at enchantments, uh, dealing with enchantments. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're bad at permanent ramp. Uh, so you're not going to be putting a whole lot of lands into play as red. Yeah. Um, obviously you have rocks and stuff, but every color has that, uh, red isn't very good at dealing with indestructible targets, mm-hmm. um, because a lot of their removal is damage based. Yep. So, uh, indestructible gets around that. Um, and then they're not great at, uh, recovering. Um, so if you get board wiped playing them on a red deck, it can kind of feel a little bad. Yeah, it feels pretty bad. Because, again, you don't have a lot of that card draw. Um, and you don't have much in the way of reanimate. Yeah. However... You have some. You do have some. I have made a mono-red reanimator deck, and it's really fun. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, dude. <laughs> it's, it uses uh, phoenixes, um, yep. the undying and per- persist mechanics, and both squeeze. Yep. So it, squeeze a funny card. It's a mono red deck that is relatively immune to board wipes. Yeah, uh, but you kind of have to go all in on that to get that effect because these reanimating uh, creatures only reanimate themselves. Yeah, <laughs> so um, you you can't do really dumb things like you know reanimate the same creature over and over stuff like there's that. no reassembling skeleton yeah in red oh there is no oath sworn vampire in red yeah there is what squee okay <laughs> kind of <laughs> kind of um but you don't have spells that reanimate yeah, yeah. um you don't have uh you don't have reanimate yeah you don't have <laughs> yeah. reanimate exactly so uh how do we overcome some of these weaknesses well first you can chaos warp yep Chaos Warp is a fucking good card. It's a really, really good card. Uh, Again, you know, a lot of people shit on this card uh, because it gives your opponent something. Well, sometimes it gives your opponent something. Yeah, it's kind of the same as uh, Reality Shift. Yeah. Where it's like a majority of the time, you're either going to be giving them a land, which Mm -hmm. you probably don't care about a whole lot. Yep. Or they're going to hit an instant or a sorcery. And that just sits there. Yeah. E- even in a particularly, you know, creature-heavy deck, you're still going to hit 10 instants and sorceries. Yeah. Probably 30 to 40 lands. Let's say 40 lands. So 50-50 chance to remove something and give them nothing is it's pretty, good. It's pretty good. Especially for a color that doesn't have much other options. Yep. Um, another way that you can and should do this is, uh, scour from existence. Well, yeah. Yeah. Like we said before, red really doesn't have any trouble getting to big mana. Um, and 
Scour from Existence just lets you exile a permanent for seven mana. It's an instant. Same kind of thing in black, trying to deal with enchantments and artifacts. Yep. Uh, in black, you don't really, you're not worried about ramping. Yeah. Um, so you can afford to run things like Scour from Existence. Yep, yep. Uh, and you'll be totally okay. Um, you also can run cards like uh, Gitu Chronicler. Yep. Um, and or... Goblin Dark Dwellers, both yeah. of which will get Chaos Warp back from the graveyard. Yep. Really good. Uh, and once you are able to remove multiple permanents like that, uh, you start seeing significant benefits if you're in a mono red deck. Yep. Um, Hour of Devastation is another good one. It gets around indestructibility. Um, Burn from Within and Apocalypse uh, also can help with uh, things like that. Yep. Treasonous Ogre, we talked about, helps with ramp so a lot. So good. And um, then you also have Koth and Chandra for ramp. Yeah. Uh, Chandra, Torch of Defiance, and Koth of the Hammer. Uh, Koth in Mono Red produces so much mana. Yeah. Just so, so much mana. Um, and then Chandra, you just kind of set it off to the side and just add red red <laughs> every turn and people ignore it and then you alter yeah it's happened yeah multiple times multiple times people are dumb <laughs> um i guess also like the walker jaya could technically count as ramp because she adds yeah uh, red mana for instance if and you're in a spell slinging deck yeah yeah uh so it's it's kind of ramp um they're also pretty good at uh impulsive draw which is a new thing that r&d is doing to kind of fix the problems that red has uh historically had in commander um by drawing in a very red way yeah. so instead of draw just drawing a card you get to exile a card from the top of your library until either end of turn or end of your next turn right um and you can cast that spell so it's kind of like the card Outpost Siege that does that. Uh, Experimental Frenzy mm -hmm. is very similar to that as well. Um, it allows you to uh, basically get more cards than you should be in a mono-red deck. Yep, yep. Um, with a fairly significant downside, but yeah, not something that's impossible to overcome. No. And then, of course, the new Light Up the Stage is a yeah. hot, that's hot a really good card. Point. You can spend one minute to draw two cards. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. That's almost Ancestral Recall. Almost! <laughs> We're not saying this card is as good as Ancestral Recall. I am! <laughs> going on record. I'm saying that Light Up the Stage is literally Ancestral Recall. That's uh, my story and I'm sticking to it. All right, let's talk about being a Johnny in red. Yeah, sure. So red is kind of the other Johnny color. Um... There's so many interactions and combos that you can do with red uh, because a lot of red's cards give you access to direct damage. Yeah. And so they give you a lot of outs uh, for combos. Yeah. Um, being able to do things like cast infinite spells or generate infinite mana is incredibly powerful when you can turn that into direct damage to your opponents. You know, like, uh, what's a card? Hmm. Uh, grape Shot. Oh, yeah, Grape Shot. Yeah, Grape Shot. Yeah, it's a good card. Yeah, it's a very good card. Um, almost as good as Tendrils of Agony. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, it's better. <laughs> The first combo costs less. The first combo <laughs> that we're going to talk about in mono red is kind of an infamous one. 
Yes. Uh, it is Dual Caster Mage and Twin Flame. Um, Dual Caster Mage is one red red for a 2-2 two, two, uh, human wizard with flash. And whenever it enters the battlefield, copy target instant or sorcery spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. Yep. Twin Flame is one in a red for a sorcery. It has uh, strive, so you can have it target multiple things. That doesn't matter. Doesn't, don't <laughs> care. Uh, and it also says choose any number of target creatures you control for each of them. Put a token that's a copy of that creature onto the battlefield. Those tokens have haste. Exile them at the beginning of the next instep. Uh, this is very similar to another infamous mono-red combo, Kiki-Jiki and Zealous Conscripts. Yeah. Or just any Kiki-Jiki combo. Any Kiki-Jiki combo. You're making an ass load of creatures with haste. Yep. <laughs> bunches and bunches of creatures with haste. Yeah. Um, the problem with these combos that I personally have is it's really weak to fogs. Yeah, and uh, fog-like effects. Fog-like effects. Anything that'll bounce or prevent damage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for all attacking creatures, just shuts it off. Yep. Um, there are ways to get around that. You can run cards like Leyline of Punishment, uh, which says damage can't be prevented. Yep. Um, and then you also have cards like Unstable Footing, which do the same thing. Yep. Again, damage can't be prevented. Yeah. Um, which are still pretty good cards. So, uh, talking about another combo, this is from our boys over at uh, Commander Cookout Podcast. Shout out to those lovely, lovely guys. If you don't listen to them, you definitely should. Oh, yeah. This is Treasonous Ogre, which we talked about before. Three and a red for a 2-3 Ogre Shaman with Dethrone, uh, which doesn't really matter. But no. whenever it attacks the player with the most life, uh, put a 1-1 counter on it. Um, and then you pay three life to add a red mana to your mana pool. Yep, it's channel. It's channel. And it might not be quite as good as Channel, but I've definitely won the game several times by going to 15. Very early. Very too. early. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. You know, you channel out an Ulamog and <laughs> people scoop. Yeah. Yeah. Channel out Ulamog turn three. Okay, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you also combo this with Aetherflux Reservoir. Yes. Uh, that's kind of an infamous combo. Uh, a lot of CEDH decks use it yes, uh, as yes, a finisher. Yes. Um, it's four mana for an artifact. Uh, whenever you cast a spell, you gain one life for each spell you've cast this turn. Yep. And then you can pay 50 life to deal 50 damage <laughs> to pretty much any target. Yep. So then you combine both of those with Pretty much any red spell with buyback. Yeah. Uh, we chose Haze of Rage, which is one of one and a red with a buyback cost of two. Creatures you control get plus one, plus O oh until end of turn and storm. Um, we so chose this just because it's cheap. It's cheap and also gives you a secondary out if yeah. someone manages to destroy the Aether Flux before you can kill them. You can do all, basically any red spell with buyback. Though. Yeah. Pre pretty much any spell with buyback. Um Creatures you control get plus one plus oh until end of turn, and it has storm, so it copies itself for every spell you've cast. Yeah. Basically, what you do is you buy spells back uh, by paying with it for Treasonous Ogre until you are uh, gaining more life than you're losing with Treasonous Ogre. Yeah. Uh, and so, also, what you're doing in this, uh, again, in the spirit of our podcast, mm -hmm. in Mono Red, you are gaining infinite life. Infinite life in mono red. Isn't that <laughs> lovely? Yeah, it's pretty great. Again, um, thank you to Commander Cookout Podcast for pointing this lovely combo oh, out yeah. to us. Oh, yeah. It's so good, dude. 
And then the last one that we have in uh, mono red is Mana Geyser. Yep. Uh, Mana Geyser is three red red for a sorcery. Add red to your mana pool for each tapped land your opponents control. So here's the thing. In Commander, opponents like to tap their lands. A lot. A lot. People also put a lot of lands into play. Yep, lots um, of them. So Mana Geyser, you're generally going to be paying five for like an ass load of mana. I think the least I've ever gotten off of a Mana Geyser was 15 mana. Probably, yeah. three times the mana I put into it. Like, even if each opponent only has four tapped lands, that's still 12 fucking mana. Yep. It's a lot of mana. Yep. Um, And then you use uh, Reiterate, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a really good card. It's It's one of my favorite cards. Yeah, you use uh, it all the time. I use it all the time. It's my main win condition in my Mizzix deck. (laughs) Uh, It's one red red for an instant with a buyback cost of three. Copy, target, instant, or sorcery spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. So you need an 11 mana all in to start this combo off. But like we discussed last week in Big Red, that's really not hard. Yeah, not hard to do. Um, So you cast Mana Geyser holding priority. You cast Reiterate yep. with buyback. And that makes you 15 mana. And, and then you do it again and 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 again. You generate infinite mana. Again and again and again and again. Yes, you generate infinite mana, and then you cast Jaya's Emulating Inferno or another X spell that hits more than one player. Yeah, Comet Storm is another one that you can do it with, or good old fashioned Fireball. Yeah, it's just basically any fucking big red X spell that can kill your opponents. Yep. It's pretty good. Uh, you can do it relatively early, and it will just end the game. Yep. <laughs> right there. Yeah. You should play it. It's super good. All right. And now we get to what both of us probably will begrudgingly admit is the best color in Commander Green. Yeah. 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 So we had a really hard time finding things that green was bad at yeah <laughs> um we we literally have one thing on our list of things green is bad at pretty much yeah um so what it's good at is everything yeah it's good at ramp card draw graveyard recursion creatures stompy non-creature permanent removal closing and fogs that's which is the game <laughs> that's everything in it, the game. it's, it's... <laughs> It's good at the game. Yeah. Uh, green is good at magic. Yep. Uh, and it's bad at losing. Yep. Um, <laughs> it's actually bad at. Um, it's over-reliant on creatures. And unfortunately, we are in eternal format. And this is more of a recent push to make sure that green has something it's bad at. Yeah. Uh, in its history, R&D has had trouble uh, exactly defining what green is as a color. Uh, Morrow has talked about this several times on his podcast. And so it's just kind of good at everything. Yeah. Um, it, it's supposed to be over-reliant on creatures. Uh, if you kill its creatures and, you know, board wipe its creatures, that's supposed to make it weak. But they have things that can recur them. Yep. So you can ewit things and mm-hmm. regrow things. Yep. Etc. 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 And it's supposed to be bad at dealing with 
creatures. Creatures. On the other side of the board. On the other side of the board, but then you have Beast Within and... Well, Beast Within doesn't hate creatures, does it? Yeah, it does. I thought it was non-creature. No. Well, that card's gross. <laughs> um, Beast Within, the fight mechanic. Well, yeah. It's also really good at recursion. And yep. They have cards like Heroic Intervention. Which stop board wipes. Yeah, and also targeted removal because it gives them hexproof and indestructible. Yep, yep. That's a really good, really powerful combo of abilities for a thing to have. Uh-huh. Um, so, <laughs> blue is the best color. Uh, no, nah, it's black. It's, no, it's green. Nah, it's Sultai. <laughs> <laughs> Sultai is the best color in the game. Yeah, Sultai um, is the best color in the game. <laughs> uh, so anyway. No, it's red and blue. How, no. And I will die on that hill. Yeah, you will. <laughs> to a green deck. Um. I beat green decks. <laughs> I eat green decks for breakfast. I counter their creatures, sir. Yeah. Uh huh. Um. <laughs> so, how do you be a Johnny in the Timmy color? Yeah. So, green is its color philosophy is all about being in touch with nature, being in touch with the wild, being in touch with the way things are supposed to be. Yeah. Um. Which I guess is kind, interesting. Kind of. Is why it's the best at everything. Um, <laughs> it is the Timmy color, though. Uh, most big, nasty, splashy creatures or spells are in uh, green. Things yeah. like Tooth and Nail Entwined. Things Galta. like Galta. Galta's a Timmy card. Yep. Uh, Impervious Great Worm. Craterhoof Behemoth. Yeah. Huge, splashy creatures. Speaking of Craterhoof Behemoth, there's another card very similar to it, in our opinion, uh, called Triumph of the Hordes. Yep. Uh, Triumph of the Hordes is uh, two green green for a sorcery. Creatures you control get plus one, plus one, trample, and infect. <laughs> Until end of turn. Ah, uh, oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's a really disgusting fucking card. And in many ways, doing that is a combo. Yeah. Uh, you're creating a board state and then playing one card that, with that board state, allows you to win. Exactly. Which um, is really indistinguishable from... Building a board state with something like Dramatic Scepter. Yeah. And then playing a Soul Ring and winning the game. Yeah. Playing Dramatic Scepter and an Asolid Rocks, you get infinite mana and yeah. win. That way, it's the same kind of thing, right? Playing fucking Panharmonicon, Aminatu, and Felidar Guardian, you're still building a board state and then playing one card and then winning the game. Exactly. So, we have a couple of combos in green. Um, of real combos in green. Yeah. Of real combos in green. The first one that we have is using a, a pretty new card called Beast Whisper. Beast Whisper is two green green for a creature. It says whenever you cast a creature spell, draw a card. Mm-hmm. Really good. Yeah, it's it's quite good. Then you use any combination of mana dorks, basically. So your uh, Elvish Mystics and Llanowar Elves and all them. Mm-hmm. And then Paradox Engine, which yep. we've talked about before. And you basically draw and play your deck. Yep. And if you're... Uh, playing cards that cost less than your mana dorks are tapping for, you also get infinite mana. Yep. And so you can get to things like play your deck and then do a crater hoof behemoth and kill everybody. Yay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So we would not be able to talk about mono green combo. Yep. Without discussing Yeeson. And birthing pod. And birthing pod, which are the same card. Kind of. 
Mm, they're similar. They're similar. They do the same thing. Yeah. So tell us what Yisun does. So Yisun is two and a green for a two three human rogue. Uh, with an activation of two and a green and tap, put a verse counter on Yisen, the Wandering Bard. Search your library for a creature card with converted mana cost equal to the number of verse counters on Yisen. Put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. Yep. So you activate it the first time, you go get a one drop, do it mm-hmm. again, go get a two drop, a three drop, etc. etc. And Birthing Pod? Birthing Pod is an artifact. It costs three and a Phyrexian green mana, so you can just pay three for it, or you can pay four for it yep. if you want to. Uh, then it has an activated ability of one in a Phyrexian green, tap it, and sacrifice a creature. Search your library for a creature with converted mana cost one plus the sacrificed creature's converted mana cost, and put that card onto the battlefield. We're not going to go over all of the pod and <laughs> Yisan chains here. Yeah. Uh, we would be here for days. And you can find all of them online other places. Yes. We're and not, days. We're not doing that. And days. And days. It's, there's a... Load. so many um they've already been figured out those are solved cards like they're just disgusting yeah they're they're really gross uh, they're good you they're, should run they're them. very good but, but nobody has the yeah. time to go over pod chains on a podcast no unless it was the pod, pod chain pod chain podcast <laughs> hey we should <laughs> write that one down i know uh, right <laughs> <laughs> all right um but we would be remiss if we oh, didn't provide podcast. <laughs> a pod. I hate you, Cam. I hate you. We would be remiss <laughs> if we did not provide you, our lovely listeners, with a more fun, more interesting uh, combo. And an original combo. And an original combo. Again, this is an IJM original. Yeah. So... We start out with Teamer Sabretooth, which is a fair card. Yep. Um, Teamer Sabretooth is... It is two green green. Uh, for a creature, it has an activated ability of paying one and a green to return another creature you control to your hand. And then Teamer Sabretooth gets indestructible until end of turn. Then we use a card that I had never heard of before. We started looking for yeah. ways to combo and yeah. green. That didn't involve pod chains. It was... Um, Neither of us had any idea this card existed. So this is a lovely little card called Hidden Herbalists. It's one in a green for a 2-2 human druid. Uh, It has Revolt. When Hidden Herbalists enters the battlefield, uh, if a permanent you control left the battlefield this turn, add green green to your mana pool. Then we add to this another super fair card called Panharmonicon. Yeah. Yeah, so fair. If an artifact <laughs> or creature enters the battlefield and it causes a a triggered ability to trigger, uh, that ability triggers an additional time. And Panharmonicon costs four, by the way. Yes. The last piece of the combo is Bramble Sovereign, which is two green green for a Dryad 4-4. Four, four. Whenever another non-token creature enters the battlefield, you may pay one in a green. If you do, that creature's controller creates a token that's a copy of that creature. So the way this combo works is <clears throat> you have something leave the battlefield with Team or Sabretooth. You bounce a creature with Team or Sabretooth. Mm-hmm. So something leaves the battlefield, which will trigger uh, Hidden Herbalists. 
when you so you cast hidden herbalists it enters the battlefield it makes green green panharmonicon makes that trigger a second time yep so you get an additional green green you're floating four mana exactly you use two of that green to trigger to use bramble sovereign's triggered ability to make an additional hidden herbalists yep which comes into play <laughs> and makes four green green uh, four green Mana. So now you're floating six green mana. Now you're floating six green mana, and you use two of it to bounce hidden herbalists to your hand with Teamer Sabertooth, and then you cast hidden herbalists again. With two of the remaining four floating. Yep. And you just keep doing this, and you make infinite hidden herbalists. Infinite hidden herbalists. And infinite mana. And infinite mana. So we loved this combo so much that we actually brewed a deck around it uh with uh yeva yeah. at the helm yeva nature's herald it's a really really fun deck and we encourage our listeners to check it out in the comments below yeah it's on uh akia's tapped out um which is linked with all the rest of our uh social media stuff yep but yeah it's a a really really interesting combo especially in yevo because now you can do it at instant speed yeah uh so you don't even have to give all of them haste you don't have to have haste enabled you can do it on somebody else's instep um super good also worth noting that you don't have to bounce something with teamer teamer sabertooth uh to get the revolt trigger you also could like crack a fetch land yep um or anything like that right uh if you have treasure tokens you could just sacrifice one of them and that would also trigger it yep uh it's it's Pretty powerful. So that's the colors and our very Johnny take on them. <laughs> um, we hope that you've come to the realization that blue is the best color. No, 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 no. You can't just slip that shit in at the end. That's not fair. We hope that you've come to the realization that all colors are equal under black. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, no, because I can just counter black spells, so... Well, black will just play them again out of the graveyard. Uh, and then I'll counter them again. It's fine. Let's see. Who can do it more times? How many times can you counter versus me play them out of the graveyard? I don't know. You know, I do have an infinite counter spell combo that we talked about today. And I have infinite recursion. Uh, yeah. And then scavenger grounds. <laughs> <laughs> well... Shut up, Akia. It's not fair, all right? Look, <sighs> can't be good at everything, okay? You're right. Black is not the best color blue is. No, nah, it's green. <laughs> yeah, it's green. <laughs> Sigh. <laughs> what we actually <sighs> hope you've taken away from this episode <laughs> is that combos are really fun yeah. and really fun to put together yourself. Yeah. Um, we hope that we've encouraged you to go out and make your own combos. Yeah, build your own deck, not somebody else's. Building decks and brewing is a lot of the fun of Magic, and as Commander players, we really get to do that more than a lot of other formats. A lot of other formats are not friendly to homebrews. Yeah. If you bring a homebrew to your, you know, your FNM standard, you're going to have a hard time if you have a competitive FNM. Yeah, and good fucking luck going to a modern event or something yeah, like right or a, or a legacy event with something that like is not meta yeah <laughs> it's like pauper's a little better uh, that's true 
we both enjoy Popper as well because yeah. we're both Johnnies and deck brewers. Yeah, and Popper because it, everything has to be common. You got the lower, you know, power level. Exactly. A lot of <laughs> sure, uh, lower decks. Powder, power level. Look, man, sliver, <laughs> slivers aren't that powerful. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, Commander really gives everybody a nice opportunity to kind of flex their creative muscles. Exactly. It gives you the opportunity to express yourself through deck building. And yeah. I think that's one thing that both Cam and I love about this format. Absolutely. So Cam, you want to give us our social media coordinates? Yeah, sure. Um, you can follow us on Twitter and uh, go do that poll and uh, let us know that Rhythm of the Wild is the best card between the two definitely at, turnabout at inside johnny's m1 on twitter uh you also can check out our tapped outs uh akia and the kill switch um you can shoot us an email if you want to talk to us or ask questions about the show at inside johnny's mind at gmail.com that's johnny with one n yes we also have a facebook page yes uh um, it's inside johnny's mind just search us in the facebook search bar yeah uh super easy and then we're also on reddit um at the same name inside johnny's mind you can dm us and talk to us uh we would love to interact with y'all absolutely thanks for listening i hope we've been a terrible influence on your playgroup and uh we'll see you next month maybe draw lands and spells Bye.